Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Good morning, wherever you are. You're here at City Site, your Jubilee campus. Give us a wave. Or if you're at home, thanks so much for inviting us into your home this morning. We live in a beautiful, beautiful world. God's made it that way. During this COVID time, I have have walked by more canals, lakes, ponds, rivers, sat under the branches of more trees, visited more country parks, and we are so blessed in Nottingham with country parks, aren't we? I've met more people in my garden than at any other time in my life. I've taken to having my devotional time on a morning. In my garden, just feeling the sun on my face, the gentle breeze, sometimes not so gentle. As I'm listening to the voice of God. You know, in my life, I've seen some great sights, but in this season, in many small things of beauty, I've sensed the presence of God. I felt him close to me. I've known the magnitude of his blessings in the most fragile and gentle things. And since God placed man in the Garden of Eden, he has made the life that we get to live such a beautiful thing in so many ways. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, it says this. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. In the book of Genesis, we see many, many gifts of God that show us about his nature. When he threw the stars into space and created the land and the ocean, he said it was good. When he created plants to cover the surface of the earth, he said, it is good. When he created man, he said, it is very good. And then just a chapter later in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good. He called something not good. He said, it is not good for man to be alone it's not good for man to be alone and so he created that most wonderful of things a five-a-side team no 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 (laughs) he created woman and in doing so he created marriage which in the wedding service we describe as a gift of God in creation a gift of God in creation He didn't have to set it up the way that he set it up, but he decided that he wanted to gift man with something that communicated his heart. And in creating woman, he also created fatherhood. And he created every son and every daughter that has ever existed who will ever have a father. In that decision to say, I'm not just going to individually create every human being, I'm going to create a lineage, I'm going to create heritage, I'm going to create destiny that rolls through generations. He communicated something of who he is. His invisible qualities are visible in what he has 
created. And that's what we're here to celebrate, to remember, to give thanks to God for and to consider today on this Father's Day. Fatherhood, a gift of God in creation. You know, in this often imperfect, fallen world, there are many of us who have experienced a fatherhood that carries with it today some regret, some guilt, some grief, some loss, some pain. I, I, I count myself among their number. And I'll share more of that later on. For me, for many years, this day was pretty much the worst day of the year. But as with all aspects of God's created order, in fatherhood, we see evidence of God's desire to bless mankind. We see evidence. Are we willing to lean in this morning? Are we willing to be attentive and say, God, what are you showing us through fatherhood? Truly humankind has been made in the image of God. And part of being like God, he formed us with a potential to, to recreate. He gave us the opportunity to pass on identity after our own kind. He created us with the capacity to provide. He created us with the capacity to set boundaries, but he also created with us a capacity to be stick stickable to have an immutable relationship when those boundaries are violated and crossed over and broken, to stay around and make a way and build a relationship that echoes through generations. Like Adam and Eve in the garden, God created them in his image. God created them. He provided for them. He protected them. He set boundaries but he gave them bountiful potential, limitless possibilities. He said, go forth and be fruitful, fill the earth and subdue it. He created us not to be controlled by him, but made a way for us to keep sight of him and to remain in relationship with him. He created us that he might delight in the life that we built and he created us with the ability to enjoy such delight ourselves as father God made us with the ability to see to glimpse to capture something of his heart in fatherhood the idea of God the father is all over the bible in the book of Luke chapter 3 it says Adam who was the son of God Adam, who was the son of God. And I love that picture in Genesis 3, verse 8. God had set up two trees in the garden, the tree of life, and if you eat of it, you will live forever. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, you leave it up to me, what is good and evil. You leave that decision with me, son. Don't trouble yourself with that. Don't touch it, don't go near it. And the images in Genesis 3, verse 8, of God coming into the garden in the cool of the evening to walk with man. To walk with man. 
And because good and evil was not a thing to man, he wasn't coming to hold him to account. Man was naked and unashamed. Woman was naked and unashamed. And he came into the garden and he was able to just talk with them, to walk with them, to listen to them, to share their stories, to give them advice, to put them on the right track. The idea of that fatherly relationship with God is all over the Bible. In Exodus, when Moses went to challenge Pharaoh to let his people go, he said, Israel is my firstborn. Let my firstborn go. In the Psalms, it says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. But in the Old Testament, often that image of a father is mediated as the father of a nation or somebody being like a father. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. But even in the Old Testament, there are many images of God's love for his people, like a father for his children. I was talking to Jenny Walker, who leads the Freedom in Christ ministry here at church this week, and she was describing how one of her neighbours over the road there had, 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 had become a father for the first time just on Tuesday this week. And she said she was standing in a window looking across into the home of this father and he held this little bundle in his arms and he was gazing so attentively into this child. And seconds turned to minutes. There was total adoration on his face as he gazed upon that child and as she was telling me the story it just took me back to that time early in the lives of each of my three daughters completely wrapped in delight looking with adoration into their faces and seeing adoration flowing back to me and I was reminded of a bit in the Bible it talks about God in Zephaniah three seventeen. it says he rejoices over you with singing he rejoices over you with singing it doesn't mean he sings lullabies it means he sings songs about you he declares your goodness he recognizes your attributes I'm here to say to you right now God adores you God loves you his heart is towards you your heavenly father gives you his full attention but in the New Testament, when we first encounter Jesus and where we come into the story of God's family, this idea as God as Father springs in a technicolor, 3D surround sound. It really does go. In the book of John alone, Jesus calls God Father 107 times. In 2 Corinthians 6.18, God says, I will be your father, not your nation's father, not like a father, not instead of a father. I will be your father. In John 1 verse, 1, verse 12, it says, to them that he gave us the right to be called sons of God. When Jesus told his disciples how to pray, he said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. And in Romans 8, 15, one of my favorite scriptures about the Father God, hallelujah, it says this, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him, by the Spirit, 
we cry, Abba, Father. It's a frustration to me sometimes, you know. That word Abba, all the other words in those verses are translated into the English equivalent. But Abba is left in its original language. And I don't quite understand why, because that word Abba means wherefore we cry Dad. We cry Dad. We have the right to be called children of God. That image of God the Father in the garden with his children and their children. Not controlling, giving them free will, protecting, providing, teaching, counselling. Is restored for each of us who believe. For anybody who makes Jesus the Lord of their life and receives God as their father. Has that relationship available to them. Fatherhood is a gift of God in creation. And when we understand his father heart towards us, and when we manifest that father heart to those around us, it makes him smile. The truth is we live indeed in a fallen world. While 75% of children grow up in a house with their father, 25% of children in this nation don't. And that to that, for many of us, the possibility of not knowing nourishing fatherhood, not learning to be nourishing, to be empowering, to be releasing, to be providing, to be protecting fathers. For some of us, that reality has been all too real. My story, uh, I, firstly, I love my dad. I'm happy that he is happy. I am happy that he is now living a healthy and fulfilled life. But for many complex reasons echoing through generations, my dad wasn't around and hasn't been around for most of my life. My dad had four children at the age of three by the time he was 22. My dad had a substance misuse history and a long history of dysfunctional relationships going back through those generations. When I was nine years old, he went to a party and I didn't see him until I was 23. And when I did see him, I found him. And that lack of protection, of provision and of example had significant and catastrophic effects on my young life that wanted to, that could have, that would have continued to echo through generations and impacted countless thousands of people that came into contact with me and flowed from me. I have three amazing daughters. If you know them, it's undeniable. I'm not saying I think I have three amazing daughters. I have three amazing daughters. They are fabulous. They are fantastic. They are and have been throughout their lives exquisite. When my wife Jo was pregnant with our first daughter Jess, it was one of the most stressful seasons of my life. Anxiety overwhelmed me. There was a sense of deep concern. Am I going to be able to measure up? Can I do this? Do I even know what this is? One of my daughters, Beth, sent me a card this morning. And in this card she said, You are a miracle. And you know something? She's not only exquisite, she's wise. 
because I am a miracle. And when I look at my family now, they are a miracle. And now I, when I peer beyond myself through history, at their children and their children's children, they are a miracle for all of those. For all of those who are here this morning, physically or online, whose experience is not what they would desire through bereavement, through damage of any kind. I bring this message, we may live in a fallen world, but we do not have to be fallen people. We have been raised together with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. And where are those heavenly places? At his father's right hand. Fatherhood, I share testimony right now, is a gift from God in creation. But I share testimony also that fatherhood is not a one-shot thing. I celebrate that we are supposed to be fathered, not just by a man trying to do it on his own. And if he fails or is not there, we have nothing. We are supposed to be fathered by a father who had a father, who had a father, who had a father. And each of them knew that they were not fathering alone. They were fathering in the light that emanates from the heart of the almighty God, father of all mankind. Each of them gaining strength from his father's heart and their relationship with that Father, we're supposed to live in community where there are not only teachers in Israel, as 1 Corinthians 4.15 says, but fathers also. And each of them knowing how to father because they have been blessed with the Father's love. There is so much more available to you than appears to be so in this earthly realm. Now, a few years ago, my family and I moved to a place in the Scottish borders near a town called Duns. It was remote. It was a 16-mile round trip to buy a bottle of milk. It was a 50-mile round trip for a supermarket or a McDonald's. The local school went from reception to year eight, and there were eight children in it. Yeah, I mean, this was a remote place. It was before the internet was such a big thing, and there were really, there's no television signal. There was no Sky TV. So we moved there and for the first six months, everything we watched was on video or DVD, VHS or DVD. And that's great for a while. But eventually, Harriet, our middle daughter, who must have been about four, came to me one day really stressed. And she just seemed really anxious. I said, what's wrong, darling? And she said, Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins is in my head and she won't stop. I want to tell you right now, we're not just supposed to be watching repeats. We're supposed to be getting fresh content from an external source. In the area of fatherhood, as in so many areas, we don't just have to get out of the box what we brought with us. We can receive content from a source beyond ourselves. There is a signal, and I'm asking you this morning, are you tuned into it? There is a signal which will tell you how to be a father. 
There is a signal which will give you what a father should have given you if you didn't have it. There, will be, there is a signal which, for, by which you can calibrate your fatherhood. There is a signal by which you can measure is this man going to give me what my children need from a father? There is a signal. And the signal is given by God in creation. It echoes through generations. It echoes from that garden to this day. And the original signal is still available if you will tune to it. He gave us the right to be called children of God if we believe. Not just to call him Abba, an archaic word in a strange tongue, but to call him daddy. When we realize that we don't have to father alone, when we realize that the only father we have is not our earthly father, when we realize that our children can depend not just on somebody that we choose to marry, but they can depend on our almighty heavenly father to be their father too. When we realize that, it affects us powerfully. It gives us humility to recognize that we can make mistakes, but that our children have an everlasting father as well as us. It gives us the humility. I want to say right now, the most powerful word in my parenting armory is sorry. I have stuffed up on at least two occasions. <laughs> but my children have learned from me the humility of somebody who knows that I'm not all that they've got and therefore can hold my hand up and say, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. When you've got that humility, it'll also build in you grace to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made. And also grace to look at your own father, especially if he was trying on his own with the pressures that he was facing because they didn't have a father or they didn't know God. They're just a human being living without God. He gives us grace to cry out to God. The thing is, I said a little bit about my story a moment ago. My story isn't your story. And I thank God for so many great fathers in the church of Jesus Christ. And I don't just thank God that they exist, but I thank God that so many of them were in my life, spoke into my young life, that I saw examples of them fathering their children. I was around them. I didn't just have instructors. I had people to be those who provided, who protected, who strengthened, who prayed, who interceded, who corrected. I thank God for Mike Smith and Stephen Cook and Reg Cook and Dennis Dunning and Peter Simpson. People that you don't even know who they are. But God showed them to be fathers and God showed me the way to his fatherhood through them. And then God gave me them as examples of how to be a human being who is a father, fallible and flawed and frail and fickle and humble and gracious and strong and courageous and godly and Holy Spirit empowered. My story is a story of one who met a heavenly father and I am grateful for it.
My story is the one who planted me in the house of God where I could flourish, surrounded by many father figures, and I'm grateful for it. I read a scripture earlier on, if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. And I thank God the Lord took me up. My father didn't show me the way to God, but my God, did my God show me the way to father? If you're watching this right now, I want to say there is a place for you in the father's house. If you're watching this right now, whatever your experience of fatherhood, of being fathered, or being a father, the end is not yet. No matter how far down this road you have journeyed, I encourage everyone today, every one of us to stop, to pause, to consider. And maybe when we stop and we pause and we consider the fatherhood of God, what it means to us and what it provides for us in terms of an ability to pass that heart on to those who come after us then all that fills our heart is gratitude let's take this moment to say thank you God for your father heart thank you for the gift of fatherhood thank you for sharing that joy with me thank you for showing me that joy but if you're here this morning And that isn't all of your story. Let this pause moment be a moment of saying, God, I want to return again to learn how to be a father from you by receiving you as my heavenly father. Or maybe you know him as your heavenly father, but it's a long time since you've sat on his knee. It's a long time since you gazed into his eyes and saw the adoration looking back. It's a long time since you walked with him in the cool of the evening and told him what was really going on with no excuses and no fear, no anxiety, no concern that you were going to be judged. Or maybe you've never known that. Maybe that has not been part of your experience until today. In all of those circumstances, whichever of those situations is your situation, let's take this moment to say, God, I receive your fatherhood. I receive your free gift of sonship. Lord, I decide today to delight in your father's love, to know what it is to be loved and accepted, provided for, and protected, set boundaries and given freedom to always have a father available to me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings of which fatherhood and fathers are but one. We pray now that we may know you more and more as our father that you would take us up when we have need. We pray for those who struggle to be fathers. Give them the grace for the fight and give those who love them grace also. For those 
for whom fatherhood has not been their portion. Comfort them, Lord. And for those whose fathers are no longer available. Lord God, help us to find your way for them to express those aspects of divine nature. And for those among us who have been bereaved, Lord, bring comfort, bring healing. Father God, be a father to the fatherless. Father God, bless your children with your Father's love that we may bless others. Amen. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.